Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Anderson. Steven, how you doing, man? Hey, Paul. How you doing? I'm doing very well, man. Uh, thank you again for, for coming on here to, to join me in episode 479. Let's go ahead and get into this. There's a, we, have a, we have a big show uh, pretty much set out for us, Steven, so let's go ahead and jump into this. Okay, so Steven, uh, last week I had Colin Reed on, this, on the show, and he and I were both wrong in our predictions. In, a, in the last four games, we thought the Spurs would go 3-1. and one. We thought they'd lose to the Denver Nuggets, and in fact, they ended up losing to the Lakers and then the Atlanta Hawks, the two, the, pretty much two of the, the worst teams on that, that slate of games. Um, so to recap, the Spurs lose to the, at, at the Lakers last Thursday by 12 points. Uh, then, then on Saturday with Kawhi, they blow out the Denver Nuggets and, and the AT&T Center by 32 points. It's probably one of the better games the Spurs have looked like in the last two months. Um, then on Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, they, uh, they lose to the Hawks uh, by three points. Kawhi didn't play that one. And then uh, against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, as recently as Wednesday, they beat the Brooklyn Nets by five. And at this point, we've learned the new Kawhi Leonard news that he's out for an indefinite period of time, which you and I will get into more detail about that injury a little bit later. But just, Stephen, the Spurs went two and two in their last four games. Um, they're kind of, you know, they're not really putting wins together. They're five and five in their last ten they haven't won consecutive games since uh, December 28th. So what's your kind of outlook right now on, on this team? I mean, it's kind of one of those seasons, unfortunately, where you know the Spurs have been very lucky injury-wise in the past not to have too much going on. And, I mean, it seems like it caught up with them. we got Kawhi, who's uh, we're going to touch on later. He had the quad injury and then the shoulder. And you know, we had Danny Green with the growing. Pau Gasol was out as well. Um, Laverne. So, I mean, we've had guys in and out um, of the lineup. So, of course, when you have guys in and out of the lineup like that, you're not going to be yourselves. You're going to be a shell of yourselves, basically, because you have guys playing more minutes than they normally wouldn't play. And 
I think that's what's the main thing is what's going on with this team. I mean, they're a deep enough team to be winning winning games. But to go lose the way you lost to Atlanta and put up a pathetic performance against the Lakers, that's more concerning to me than losing some of the other games. Because even without Kawhi, without you know Danny, you should be able to beat those two teams fairly easily. And they didn't. So those two games particularly are what shocked me the most and worry me the most looking forward. Yeah, and for, for me, what, I, what I've seen in, in, as of late is that, you know, at the beginning of the season when they were missing Kawhi and Tony Parker and some of these guys, like you mentioned, they were still able to win games, you know, against the bad teams pretty much any night. You, you could just see that Ve- right. Vegas would put them as a favorite and they go in, they take care of business, even whether it was on the road or at home. But right now, I mean, it's almost like uh, they are success- su- susceptible to any loss to either a good team or a bad team right now because it almost feels like, Teams to finally figure out, you know, how to guard them a little bit better, especially on the road. Um, you know, it's kind of like double team Lamarcus or just make his life as hard as possible and say, see who's going to beat you. What other Spurs are going to step up when Kawhi's not there, um, when Manu's not there? Some of these games, and that's kind of what it's been. Like last night, you know, we were we're recording this on Thursday night, but they beat the Nets on Wednesday, and it took a 25 point performance from Patty Mills to help keep Brooklyn away. Even though the Spurs did go up by 17, they almost lost that game. You know, the Nets got it pretty close there in the fourth quarter. And for me, that's kind of what I'm seeing is like, who's that second and third guy night to night that's going to help LaMarcus out? And that's kind of whether it's a good team or a bad team that they're playing. And that's kind of where, where I'm at right now with this team. Um, yeah, because if you look, sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you off, okay. Paul, but yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at other teams around the league, the Golden State Warriors, Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Boston Celtics, so teams like uh, Toronto Raptors, this first play tomorrow, um, you know, those teams have more than one option to go to. And I've said this privately. I've said this on Twitter. I mean, the Spurs are not or have a roster right now at this moment built like that. I mean, with Kawhi Leonard out, like you just said, who's going to be the next guy to help Lamarcus? I would like it to be Patty Mills. I mean, we've seen two consecutive uh, games now where he's done fairly well. I mean, better than he's done in the month of uh, the rest of January, to be honest. Maybe that's somewhere where they can go. But the Spurs brought Rudy Gay here to be that next guy. And unfortunately, he's out. So Patty's history of inconsistency. Danny Green's obviously not 100%. And he's also has a history of being inconsistent as well. So where's that next guy going to come from? And I guess how much more time do the Spurs have as a team beyond this season built as they are? Because... Pop even said it in the offseason, we have to adapt to how other teams are building their rosters. And I think they did a very good job of that in the offseason. Of course, they didn't expect for Rudy Gate and Kawhi to be out as long as they are. But we'll see what happens. I'm not panicking just yet. Yeah, uh, let's go to get into our, our topics for uh, this week. Uh, the first one is obviously an updated injury report. It's just gotten worse since the last time I recorded. You know, every <laughs> week I report on Kawhi Leonard and how he's doing. Now it's actually the, the worst news is that for, for now is that uh, the Spurs just put out on Wednesday afternoon that he's going to, that they're going to shut him down for a while um, for an indefinite period of time uh, for return from injury management. Still that right quadriceps tendinopathy uh, pop says that he doesn't expect him to miss the whole season, that they should be able to get him back at some time within these next three months before the playoffs come up, come around. If the Spurs make it uh, Rudy Gay still is out with that right heel bursitis uh, as it, when, when tomorrow hits on Friday, when this podcast is released, It'll be three weeks now since the Spurs initially um, uh, put out put out his injury. 
uh, in in a, a recent article by Jeff McDonald, Pop was quoted as saying that they still think Rudy Gay is going to be out a few more weeks. You know, he used the word weeks, plural there. Uh, and then, of course, now Mono Ginobili, who's been one of their better players, you know, when he does play, who the team has been relying on, is currently undergoing a uh, right thigh contusion um, recovery after he got hurt in one of their recent um, games as well. So, so um, you're right, Stephen. You know, what what th- this is kind of uh, where the team's at right now. So just either three of these players or all of them together, what, what is your general takeaway from these latest injury reports? Well, first off, on Twitter, obviously when the Kawhi news came out, I mean, most of Spurs Nation reacted like the sky was falling in, in typical fashion. I mean, is it devastating? Of course. I mean, do you want your best player out? Of course not. But you got to admit, before Kawhi came back, the Spurs had built up a nice rhythm. You know, they, LaMarcus was being LaMarcus that we, we we hoped he would be. You know, the guys were getting into a good rhythm after about a, about a, about a month and a half or so. So, I mean, they were doing pretty well. And then Kawhi comes back. And, of course, like you, we, you and I talked on the podcast that day, it's a brand new team when he gets back. Now the same situation is happening again, except we got more guys out. So the outlook right now, especially with the injury to Manu, the good news is with Manu, it's not severe. Like it could have been, considering his age and you know, history he's had, things like that. But with Kawhi, I don't expect him to miss the entire season either. But I don't want him back unless he's 100% because later on, Paul, and you know this as well as I do, later on down the season, when you get to March and April and you're still dealing with shuffling guys in our lineup, that's not going to help you down the road and possibly in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I might as well skip ahead a little bit here. So one of our Spurs Twitter questions was kind of about that. When do when you think they need to kind of have this team together? And I'm kind of pinpointing March 3rd, which is a, uh, that's a game where – on that night, that's basically 20 games to the playoffs arrive. So basically, like, if they can kind of set that as their baseline, have everybody 100% healthy, that'll give them 20 games of good data to kind of build a rhythm, get some ro- rotations going, and then go into the playoffs, you know, ready to go. And if, if it's any later than that, I think that they're really in trouble, especially with a guy like Kawhi or Rudy Gay, who are both two very high usage of, of players on the offensive end. Yep. And uh, something to just to back up with your, your argument there was that, uh, you know, Kawhi's played in nine games this year. Five and four, the Spurs are with him. They have been doing better with him, though. They were three and one in the last five. I mean, in the last four. But overall, they're 25 and 12 without him. And obviously, um, you know, they, we know that they're not going to beat the, the elite teams in the playoffs with that kind of a team. But right. that team, you know, let's just say that was an 82-game season with no Kawhi. That team would have won 55 games this year. They're on pace to win uh, just by having, you know, not having him present at all. And that's because they've kind of built a little bit more familiarity with, with making Aldridge their go-to guy. They know they know how to have that game plan ready to go. And you kind of saw that, like I mentioned, against Brooklyn, where they put up a, finally a 17-point lead on the road. It obviously didn't last very long because the Nets did chip away at it. But, you know, when they're fully healthy with Rudy and LaMarcus and Manu and everybody there outside of Kawhi, they're still a pretty good ball club. Um, yeah, they are. They, re- they really are. And one thing with, with uh, outside of Kawhi and LaMarcus, like you said, they have a very nice team. Don't get me wrong, but they're gonna now with, with the injuries they currently have at this moment on this Thursday that we're, we're recording this. You're gonna need guys like I said, Patty Mills, Davis Bertans, uh, guys who you wouldn't normally expect to have big roles. We're gonna need those guys to really step it up, uh, particularly later on when the Spurs face Cleveland next week and all these other teams. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go into our second topic, Stephen. Let's talk about the road ahead now. Um, you know, the Spurs right now are 30-16. and 16. Uh, They're on pace to win 53 games this season. They have 36 games remaining. 
25 of those 36 games, which are like 69% of their schedule, are against teams that are 500 or above at the moment. Now, the Spurs have not been doing well on the road. They're 11 and 14, uh, and they still have 16 road games left. At home, they're dominant. They're 19 and 2, uh, 20 games left. Um, at home, they are plus 10 points per 100 possessions, while on the road, they're minus 1.2 points per 100 possessions. Uh, on the, at home and the road, the defense is kind of equal. They're, they're basically holding teams about 100 points per 100 possessions. However, at home, they're scoring 110.6 points per 100, which is basically like the third best offense of the Minnesota Timberwolves. But when they go to the road, they end up scoring 100.2 points per 100 possessions, which is the worst offense in the league of the Sacramento Kings. So looking forward to you, my question to you is this. With the road ahead, you know, obviously we don't know when Kawhi's coming back. Uh, what Do you think the Spurs are going to fall out of that top three spot? You know... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, I, I could sit here and say, oh, yeah, yes or no. But I honestly don't know because of how this team is constructed, how this team has a lot of injuries going on. Because uh, I honestly, I, I tweeted this a couple of days ago. Uh, Minnesota has now pulled even. Uh, I don't know if they currently are, but Minnesota, at, when I tweeted, had pulled even with the Spurs for that third spot. So uh, I can tell you right now, no, Spurs are number one, or sorry, number three right now. Minnesota's four. They're a, a, a one-game difference between the two. But with how, like I said, I I think the Spurs might be in trouble staying in the top three. Uh, they'll be in the top four, definitely. But I top three is a little iffy right now. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way with you. You know, just like you said, we don't know, especially in terms of when do they get Rudy back and when do they get Monty back. If they can have most of their guys together – even though Kawhi's out, they're going to be still a pretty good ball club where I think they could play at a top three level. But if they don't get those guys out, I think they could definitely slip to the fourth or even maybe fifth spot if, it, if it, things go really bad, especially because they have a tougher schedule now to um, end the year in the last 36 games. Uh, wow. Let's go into our third topic, Stephen, uh, which is who needs to step up right now? Now, let's let's. I'm going to take out some some players from, from this assessment, which is, uh, like we mentioned, Manu, cause just because he's game to game right now, Rudy Gay and Kawhi. So... Let me list you uh, their, their next three playmakers that are kind of healthy right now. Uh, that's Tony Parker. He has a 20, 24% usage uh, percentage, uh, scoring eight points, uh, four assists, two rebounds. Then you have Pau Gasol, 21 uh, usage percentage. Uh, he's scoring pretty much 11 points, uh, eight rebounds, three assists. And then you have Patty Mills, like you mentioned earlier, 19% uh, usage percentage, uh, close to 10 points with 9.6, uh, 2.8 assists, and two rebounds. Now, is it one of these three guys that needs to step up in, in the in the absence of Kawhi, Manu, and, and Gay for the moment, or is it somebody further down the line like Brent, like Davis Bertans, a, a Brent Forbes, a Kyle Anderson, a Dejounte Murray, or a Danny Green? Who do you think it's on right now to, to help Lamarcus out be his number two? Can I pick more than one? Yeah, I mean you can pick more than one. <laughs> let's let's say uh, okay. Here, I need you to give me a two two and three. Who are going to be Lamarcus's consistent two and three right now? Okay, I would say uh, definitely I would have to say Patty Mills and Davis Bertans because uh, we, we know what Davis is capable of. I mean, he's had games where he just comes in off the bench and his first shot is nothing but net. We, we've seen that in the past. So we know he's ready. There's no doubt about that. He is ready to go when his number is called. So that is very, very good uh, for a player like that, for Pop to have on the bench. That's very good. Uh, Patty Mills, like I said, he's been inconsistent to start the season. He was hot in December, cold in, uh, to start January. In the past couple of games, he's done very well. So I wrote this in my article last night or this morning when I posted it, which was, you know, the, 
Patty Mills on Wednesday, when he had seven three-pointers, he showed that is why he was re-signed to a $50 million contract uh, four years over the summer. Because of th- he can do things like that. And, you know, a lot of teams don't have a guy that they can rely on to do that. Now, I like I said, the Spurs, have. A, he, um, I'm sure they're not very happy with how he's performed recently. But, I mean, he's done well. So I think, yes, Pat, uh, LaMarcus is going to need help for sure. And I would look to Patty. I would look to Davis Bertans because those two guys can produce offense at any given moment for the Spurs when the ball is falling. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm with you on Patty. He's one of my guys that I'm picking to be the second guy. I mean, that's, uh, for him, for me, he's the third guy. For the second guy, I think it's actually Tony Parker. Uh, you know, I know he's he's up there in age and he's coming back too from an injury. He's only, he hasn't played that many games as well. But it looks like Pop's kind of giving him his minutes back. He's kind of letting him play. He's not making him on the, that same rehab process like Kawhi was on where he has to have two days off. And you kind of saw it. You know, we get the news that, that Kawhi's out indefinite period of time. And then all of a sudden against Brooklyn that same night, Tony Parker takes a season-high 12 shots. Now, he didn't make all shots. He only had eight points. But I think the message was clear to him from Pop. Like, hey, dude, we need you to step up and be the old Tony Parker for a little bit here to help out LaMarcus get a little bit more aggressive and attacking the rim. Um, trying to get your teammates open rather than just kind of like, you know, running the show like a quarterback who's just kind of balancing out a game. So I think that for me, the two players are going to be Parker and Patty Mills. And I think Pop's doing something a little bit different right now just because they're, they're limited on bodies. But he's playing Patty at the two a lot more where he's having him play with DeJounte or Parker yep. or Brent Forbes. And so that way, Patty can be a little bit more in his scoring role like he is with the, the Australian national team where, you know, he's coming off screen action. Uh, you know, they're getting him a lot more spot-up opportunities rather than him having to run, you know, run the normal point guard role and just try to shoot off the dribble, which he doesn't do a very good job at. And, you know, here's the stat about Patty. This is this is very interesting here. When he shoots 40% or below this season, the Spurs are 13 and 13. So that means that's 13 of their 16 losses come when Patty does not shoot when he shoots 40% or below. When Patty shoots over 40% in any given game this season, they're 17 and 3. They're almost close to undefeated. So you're right, you know. When Patty shows up each night, those games that he does, they, these guys are almost close to being per, a perfect team. But, you know, it's it, it also shows that when he's not there, you know, the whole team suffers, especially off the bench there. Yeah. Let me too, real quickly touch on Tony. The reason why I didn't pick him is because of exactly two things you mentioned. He's up there in age mm-hmm. and he's coming off an injury. So those two factors immediately – of course, he's not going to be the same explosive Tony Parker that we're used to seeing from seasons past in the championship years, but he still can't bring it. Don't get me wrong. He does have games where he does very, very well, but can he do it on a consistent basis where he's attacking the rim, you know, particularly because of the injury he's had? And, you know, can he do that on a consistent basis? And can LaMarcus and the rest of the team rely on that? That's the question mark I have in that. So that's the only reason why I stayed away from Tony, even though I do agree with you. He is that next guy, that quarterback type of guy that will be leading the Spurs. Yeah, no, no, that's a fair argument right there, counter-argument, should I say. Because, you know, I, that's why I didn't kind of want to pick him at first, just because of the whole, you know, age thing, but then also the whole the way Pop manages his minutes. But for right, right now, from what I saw against Brooklyn, I think Pop is, is going to be a little bit more, um, let him have a little bit more aggression and letting him try to find his shot a little bit more. And I didn't pick Powell just because Powell can obviously put up numbers. You know, he's, he's done it before. He scored over 20 points a few times now this season. But because of the way the league is, you don't know if he's going to play a lot of minutes each night just because of the, the defensive liability he can be when, when teams go small against the Spurs. Um, let's go to our, our, our next topic, Stephen, uh, and that's the all-star re- uh, starters were revealed uh, in the NBA. So let's just focus in on the Western Conference. Um, the starters that were named uh, were Stephen Curry, James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, 
Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Now, again, this is 50% fan vote, 25% media vote, and 25% um, of the uh, players. So uh, do you think, I mean, a lot of people were, were coming to, to Aldridge's defense tonight, you know, when, when these uh, these these um, these um, ballots were revealed, they think that he should have got in over Boogie. Do you agree with that, that um, statement? Uh, yeah. I mean, LaMarcus... Uh... First of all, if LaMarcus wasn't scoring in 20, was it 25 points a game, whatever it is, 22 points a game, you know, that he is, the Spurs would probably be in the, like the Lakers record right now. So the, the Spurs have a lot riding on LaMarcus. And for him not to be rewarded in that way, you know, it, it sucks. I even tweeted out earlier, I was like, you know, he didn't get the fan vote, but I will be stunned if the coaches don't vote him in. So I do expect him to be in there in the end. But does he deserve it over Boogie? I would say yes, only because, you know, like I said, he's had a much tougher role on this team, uh, carrying this team, than Boogie. Because Boogie's had, you know, Anthony Davis next to him uh, for most of the season. So, um, but am I upset about it? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of expected. Um, you know, I, I just look at the records, you know, that's kind of where you just got to look at. Spurs are 30 and 18. I mean, 30 and 16, should I say, and the Pelicans are 21, 23 and 21. So, like, you know, if you have two all-star starters, you would think that they, they'd be doing a little bit more for their team in terms of having their record a little bit better. And Lamarcus by himself has pretty much carried the Spurs, like, like we just mentioned. Um, some some other news about that. Yeah, and I agree with you, Stephen, where I think that, you know, Pops already made it adamant this entire season. He said it several times, uh, is that he, he that Lamarcus will be an all-star this season. He's going to make sure the coaches across the league put Lamarcus in the all-star game. So he will get voted in next Thursday when the uh, reserves are revealed. Um, let's just go to some other notes from that, from this selection. Um, so it turns out that the fans love Mono Ginobili. The NBA fans actually voted him ahead of James Harden in the fan voting category. So had the old rules been in place where the media didn't have a part of the players, Manu would be an actual all-star starter at age 40, even though he's missed nine games because of rest. And then of course now he's hurt with the uh, thigh injury, but um, Manu would have been a starter for the fans, from the fans' perspective, at the guard spot, and then Aldridge by the media, they felt, you know, they, they kind of feel like you and I, where they thought that he should have started over Cousins. So, so the, the media did put um, Aldridge in it on their side of the vote, but of course, it wasn't the majority um, when you include the other two areas. Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to see Manu at age four to get a, a starting spot in the All Star game, though. Yeah, I mean, I would have kind of been like that those Kobe Bryant years a few years ago as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Stephen and I are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Okay, thank you for listening to Spurs Cast, episode 
479. I am joined by Steven Anderson of ProjectSpurs.com. Make sure you're following Steven on Twitter, at Steve M. Anderson underscore. Okay, SpursCast listeners, now Steven and I will get into your SpursCast questions that you sent to us on Twitter using the hashtag SpursCast. So I've narrowed them down. I know, Thank you all for sending the questions. There was, there, was, there was a few more questions than usual, but I narrowed it down to four questions here that I wanted to explore. Some, there's some different takeaways here. Okay, so Steven, our first question comes from at SlyGod02. They ask, expectations for the remainder of the season, do the Spurs reach 50 wins? Thoughts on Forbes? Forbes, in my opinion, could be a... Curry. I don't know if they're mentioning Steph Curry or uh, his brother. <laughs> Pretty sure the brother. But for now, well, I'm assuming they're talking about Steph Curry. Okay, Stephen, go ahead. Okay. Uh, do the Spurs reach 50 wins? I say yes. Um, you know, like I, we, we, I know they're struggling right now, but eventually they're going to get it together. I, I don't see this team getting 40 something wins or hovering in the f- mid 40s or upper 40s. I think they'll exceed 50. I say about 50. 152 wins, but I think they'll get 50. Uh, Forbes, uh, I, w- I know I was low on him earlier, but Forbes has done very well uh, as, as a Curry. I'm going to assume it's his brother, not Steph Curry, but I mean, um, I-, I could see him being another Cur- uh, a-, a Curry, which depends on which one, but um, I like him. I-, I think he's a very good asset for the Spurs. I don't see him uh, getting waived anytime soon, particularly not only because of injuries, but I like him. He's done very well. Okay, uh, I, I, I too agree where I don't think they're going to – for me, I don't think they'll slip past the five seed, you know, right now with Kawhi out. Um, I can't see them getting – you know, doing any worse than, than Minnesota or OKC, and I can't see the Pelicans or Clippers or Blazers or Nuggets uh, overpassing San Antonio. So that's the first part of this is, is where my expectation is where they, they might finish. I could still see them even third, though, to the end of the year. Um, do they reach 50 wins? I'm going to be a little bit more hesitant on that. I'm going to say 50-51 um, just because, okay. like I mentioned – 69% of their schedule remaining is against the, the, the better teams in the league, 500 or above. And, uh, you know, and teams have kind of figured out their offense a little bit uh, more often. Uh, I do think, though, that, that there's a better balance now. I mean, the, the, the guys have more confidence knowing not, – not, not, I don't know if confidence is the right word. They just know their roles now that Kawhi's out. You know, they, they kind of – they're going to go back to that old model they were using the first two months of the season, and I think they're going to be a little bit more grounded uh, in their approach to each game. Now, on the Forbes part, you know, he's a good player. Seven points per game, one assist, uh, 1.4 rebounds twenty in 21 minutes. He's getting real minutes. Pop's giving him a real role here because everybody's injured. Uh, shooting above league average from 39% from three. Um, you know, he, he's a good player. He's going to be a restricted free agent this summer, so he should be able to get some, some money in his pocket, whether it's from the Spurs or somebody else. So he's done the right things this season. Now, I, I didn't prepare like this, like if it was uh, uh, Seth's brother, but, I, I, you know, just to, to show you that he's definitely not Steph Curry, here's the numbers. Let's say that Forbes was playing 36 minutes a game each night. He'd be scoring 12.8 points, 2.4 rebounds, and 1.7 assists. The current Stephen Curry scores 27 points, 5 rebounds, and 6.5 assists. So so he's not close to, I don't think, ever becoming a Steph Curry. Um, you know, he's got some little elements in his game with the shooting, obviously. Uh, but Steph is just, uh, you know, he, he's, he might win the MVP again this year. That's how good this, this guy is. Uh, you know, he's an all-star starter. So I don't think Forbes will ever um, get close to, that, to, to his level, although Forbes has had a good season. Um, Stephen, our next question comes from at the Kev Nation. They ask, what seed in the West will San Antonio finish? And can they challenge Golden State in a seven-game series? First of all, I love that handle. <laughs> That's number one. Um, second, uh, well, we're, let's see. Will they finish? I'm going to say third or fourth. Um, 
One of those two. I, I mean, I think they'll finish there. I, I already said it earlier. I mean, they're going to get 50 wins. I say 51, maybe 52, maybe. But one of those two they'll get. Uh, the, I think they have a, they have a good chance to finish third. But, it, but with the schedule being heavy towards playoff-type teams, above 500 teams, that's where I worry about it. So I'm going to say fourth. And then what was the second part of that question? Um, well, okay, one second. Uh, okay, and can they challenge Golden State in a seven-game series? I'm I'm assuming they mean uh, as the roster as is. Um, if it's injured like this, of course not. If they're all fully healthy and uh, w- like you said, Paul, in that twenty-game max uh, until the playoffs in March, if they're fully healthy by then, and Lamarcus plays like he's been playing, and Kawhi can put up at least eighteen points a game, and Rudy Gay can go about fifteen a game, yes. Um, is that realistic at this point? No. But if they're fully healthy and Patty can be the Patty we've seen the past couple of games, yes, they have a good chance to upset Golden State. But I just don't see it happening right now, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, I think that just because of the circumstances with Kawhi and then, you know, Rudy Gay out still and Manu, I'm going to say they're going to they're gonna finish number four as of right now, where I see them, the four seed. I think Minnesota will pass them up. Um, now, do do I think they can challenge Golden State? Uh, no, not right now. Just because, of, like you mentioned, with this current team, they're they're all injured. I would say no. And if they don't get everybody ready to go by March, you know, start at the start of March, I, I don't have any any um, confidence that they can put it together with like ten games after the season or, or fifteen games. It's got to be a good you know amount of games, the twenty game sample size, kind of start getting your roles together. Because you know, if they can get back to that level they were at last year, you know, these guys are up twenty five on the Warriors before Kawhi gets hurt. And now this same team has added Rudy Gay, another element, another ball handler, who it's harder to, to double, uh, you know, Kawhi and LaMarcus. And LaMarcus is another player. He's, an, he's now an all-star. He wasn't an all-star last year. Then I think this, this series is interesting. Overall, because of all these circumstances, it's a lot of what-ifs, what-ifs, what-ifs. I give the Warriors, who I know on paper right now and on uh, with my own eye test, are healthy or for, for the most part. And, and they're basically en route again to, to, to win another championship. I don't see anybody right now going to beat Golden State um, in the current NBA at all. Uh, let's go on to our next question, Stephen. It comes from at G-Man, Gmaniv25. They ask, <laughs> should the Spurs sign or trade for another front court player, considering they have less front court players and guards with Rudy Gay and Kawhi Leonard out for extended periods of time? So, Stephen, before you answer this question, let me just um, read you their current positions. Okay, as bigs, they have Powell, Laverne, Aldridge, and Bertans. Forwards, these are the guys that are healthy, by the way. They have Kyle Anderson. Wings, they have Danny Green, Brent Forbes, Brandon Paul, and Derek White. Combo guard, they have Patty Mills. And then point guards, they have Tony Parker and DeJounte Murray. There's no spots open, so do you think they need to make a trade or sign somebody, release somebody, and then sign somebody? Look, I like the wording of this question. (laughs) Do I think they can make a trade? Of course. Do I think they will make a trade? No. <laughs> because, like I said, look at this team the way it is. Injuries. You know, guys, guys, you said, even Paul, you said it yourself. Guys are getting more comfortable in the roles they're playing. Guys like Bryn Forbes, Davis Berton, Brandon Paul, um, even Laverne, who's gotten a little bit more playing time as of recently. They're all getting confident. They're all understanding their roles. If you get rid of even one of those pieces, uh, let's just hypothetically say it's Laverne. You're going to mess up that, that position for the bigs, and, and then you're going to have guys having to learn certain positions again. 
And we all know Pop has a history of not wanting to mess things up in the middle of the season, you know, unless you're Richard Jefferson, of course, who he traded away. So, I mean, uh, you know, most of the time the Spurs don't make a move, and it's for a good reason. Unfortunately, with even with the injuries they have right now, I'm going to say no. I, I don't see them making a trade. Okay, I don't either. And it, the only way I think they would look at it would be if they knew that perhaps Kawhi wasn't coming back this season. Maybe the, and they want to make a you know as yeah. much of a run they could with Aldridge just to get him another back another guy with him and Rudy Gay as, as their third guy. Maybe they go after somebody with the higher usage. But again, who are they trading? You know, I don't think they're going to get rid of Powell just because of one his contract and two. Him and Lamarcus have built really good chemistry. They've both been you know verbally in, in interviews. Uh, Lamarcus has really come to his defense where he says you know we've we've developed chemistry. I read an interview I heard on TV somewhere that that they sit together on the plane this season. They watch film together. Uh, they have that little high low going. So for Lamarcus's comfortable uh, comfortability, should I say? I think Powell's safe. The guy with a movable contract would obviously be uh, next in line is probably Patty Mills because it's ten million. You know that you can get yourself a player with that. But the problem is Mills doesn't really have much of a market. You know he's a backup point guard. Uh, he has struggled, like you mentioned, this season, especially with more minutes and a, and, a, and a deeper role and a more consistent role. And teams are seeing that. And any team that's going to want him either way is going to be somebody who, who needs like a backup, like a contending team. And they're not going to be willing to give away an asset who's actually going to make a difference on the Spurs' roster. So, so just because of the circumstances with their contracts, um, I can't see the Spurs um, trading somebody. And I also can't see them waiving anyone as of right now to sign a player that's going to be on the buyout market a little bit later on in March. Let's go to our next question. It comes from uh, at Greco Suave. They ask, the Spurs' road offense stinks without their main guys. That's true. Okay. I expected Patty to step up. Since the new contract, should the Spurs be expecting more from Patty? Uh, let me just read you some stats to you before you answer this question. So these are the Spurs' um, leading scorers at home uh, using the players that are currently healthy. At home, LaMarcus Aldridge, 22 points. Danny Green, 12 points. Pau Gasol, 11 points. Tony Parker, 10 points, and Kyle Anderson, 10 points. On the road, LaMarcus Aldridge, 23. Patty Mills, 10 points. Pau Gasol, 10 points. Kyle Anderson, 7. And Forbes, 7. So the two guys there that drop off on the road are Danny Green and Tony Parker from that list. Um, so, uh, you know, and for some reason, Patty actually emerges better on the road than he does at home. So uh, just answer this question first, Stephen, about their, their offense on the road. And then, um, you know, what, what you're, you've kind of given your, your, your opinion on Patty pretty much. Okay. Well, offense on the road, you know, it'll be much easier if they could just play every game at the AT&T Center. It'll be much <laughs> easier. But unfortunately, they can't do that. So, I mean, what uh, what's going on on the road? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, there's some – like we talked about earlier, the Atlanta game. They had no business losing that game. The game against the Lakers – you know, they completely either just forgot there was a game or didn't really want to win the game. I don't know. I, I cannot tell you what the difference is uh, between home and road other than the venue. I mean, some of the teams, they just look like they're disinterested or – I mean, Pop, I believe, made a comment uh, after the Detroit game when the Spurs were up there at the Little Caesars Arena, and uh, which, by the way, is the weirdest name for an arena I've ever heard. Um <laughs> Is we, we didn't respect the opponent and I feel that's what happened in Atlanta that's what happened in with the Lakers I mean they thought okay well these are the two worst teams in the league you know even with, without our injuries we're just gonna 
we're gonna we can we can win this game and unfortunately it didn't happen but as far as offense goes uh with patty i've already discussed patty but i think the bigger concern on the road is danny green i mean i do know he's had injuries and uh, he's had a growing tightness that's uh really affected him but i'm hoping that this can kind of turn him around a little bit uh considering toronto's coming in uh, or we're going to Toronto tomorrow, so uh, that one should be. But I think my more than Patty, my bigger concern is Danny. Okay, um, you know I think that there's that old uh, you know that old saying that that role players basically play better at home than they do on the road. So I think right. I think you're kind of see that like you mentioned with some of the young guys, whether it's on offense or defense, uh, on the road they're they're not as locked in, they're not as focused. Um, they, they lose like you know you, you know their mental. Their mental toughness, their their you know their um, focus just just disappears sometimes on the road, like you mentioned against those bad teams. And you know it's harder on the road when you're when you're in, when you have uh, fans cheering against you when um, and your shots not going. It's hard to get that that rhythm back, get that groove back, and and, and you kind of lose your confidence. I think you've seen that with their role players because you know the veterans are are they're stable. You know Lamarcus is giving you 22 either way on the road or at home. Powell's giving you you know 11 points on either place. Um, even Kyle Anderson for for. Uh, he's still playing well. It's it's just the other role players who are kind of falling apart there when they go on the road. So they obviously need some more confidence for those guys and just kind of for those guys to get a little bit more locked in and focused um, going forward because, you know, they do have their issues on the road where they're 11-14. Now, the Patty question is interesting. You know, there was a, uh, there was, there was a game recently where, where he was kind of – he was like the scapegoat where people were mad at him because he had a really bad game. Uh, I think he had like four right. turnovers and he missed all his shots or something like that. Anyway um, – so people were mad about the contract. You know, he got re-signed with the Spurs for four years, forty-eight million. Um, and and, and my, my from from my thinking is there's two different perspectives here. There's the fans' perspective, and then there's the Spurs' perspective. You know, when the Spurs gave him this contract, they knew what they're signing Patty Mills up for. He's there to be a backup point guard. You know, be be an explosive weapon off the bench, give spot-up shooting to Kawhi and Lamarcus. You know, and and have a really good um, chemistry with the back with the with the um, bench unit. So they were willing to pay ten to twelve million dollars for for that kind of production. From the fans' perspective, they see the the forty million dollars, and they're saying this is just wasted money. You know why why he's not getting any better? You know he has a more of an increased role with everybody injured. Why isn't he stepping up? But that's just not what Pooh Patty Mills is. I'm not trying to defend him either. I think he should be playing better. But you know as far as what 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 the fans are expecting and what the Spurs are expecting, you know the Spurs didn't know Kawhi's going to be out pretty much all, all year. And that now Patty all of a sudden has to become a real weapon for them uh, out of his comfort, out of his comfortable zone. So so there's either way you can make good arguments, you can make bad arguments. I just think that for who the Spurs signed, they kind of knew what they were signing up for when they when they re-signed him. And it's it's kind of not fair to to make him become this player that he's really not. And that's what the kind of what the fans are expecting. So you know, yeah, it's just <laughs> can be upset if they if they trade him. Okay, well then that shows you maybe they did want more from him. But if they don't, hey, that's kind of they know they know who Patty is. He's there as a, as a backup weapon off the bench to help supply some shooting uh, for the Spurs when all their guys are there, should I say? Right. Okay, so now uh, thank you, Spurscast listeners, for sending us those questions using hashtag Spurscast. The last segment of this Spurscast, Steve and I will preview the Spurs' upcoming four games before I record Spurscast episode 440 next week. Okay, so Stephen, like you mentioned earlier, the Spurs traveled to Toronto Friday evening. The Raptors are 30 and 13 this season, second in the Eastern Conference. Offensively, they are thir- the third best offense, 113 points per 100 possessions. Defensively, they're sixth best defense, 105.6 points per 100. The Raptors are seven and three in their last 10 games. Who do you have uh, Friday night in Toronto? By the way, Vegas has the Raptors as a five and a half point favorite. 
I love this part because we get to see how wrong we are at the end of the week. So, um, uh, let's see. I say the Spurs lose, unfortunately, to Toronto. Um, they had a tough time beating him when came to San Antonio uh, earlier in the season. So, um, and that was, by the way, with Rudy Gay, you know, and without Tony Parker, without Kawhi Leonard. Um, so, I just don't see the Spurs winning uh, that game now because of inconsistency with offense. You got guys coming in out of the lineup with injuries. Guys, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting game. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say blowout, but I just don't see the Spurs winning this game, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I actually think it could get to a blowout. I have Toronto in this one. Um, you know, it's all about the Spurs' start. If they fall behind by 10 to 12 points early in the first quarter, it could be over. You know, Pop could be pulling the plug by, by the third quarter on them. Uh, if, if it goes deep into the, you know, the 15 to, to 20 point range, um, the Spurs really need to need to come out and, and be focused here, you know, as, as much as they can, you know, they, they, again, remember they're the underdog now against some of these better teams. They're going to be the underdog. You know, the Raptors are top 10 in both offense and defense. You can kind of throw that first game out the window. Cause one, it was the third game of the season for both teams. You're right. right. San Antonio had all their players at that time. Kyle, Kyle Lowry wasn't really Kyle Lowry at this point. He was barely like kind of getting into his groove. And now he's playing a lot better. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's obviously an all-star starter. Uh, the Raptors have just been playing very well overall. You know, they're the second best team in the East. And I just think without without everybody there for San Antonio and with them being um, almost losing to bad teams, there's just no way. I, I don't think they're going to beat Toronto. So I'm going to give uh, the Raptors a win as well. So we're, we're both starting the Spurs off 0-1 in our predictions. Uh, then, Stephen, on Sunday, the Spurs come back home to San Antonio. They host the Indiana Pacers, who are 24-20, the sixth best team in the East. The Pacers are sixth offensively, 110.6 points per 100 possessions. Defensively, they have their issues, 23rd in the league, 109 points per 100 possessions. Indiana is 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Who do you have Sunday? Uh, <laughs> um, well, let's see. I would have to say this is by a hair. The reason I say that is the Spurs will be at home because if they, we saw them lose to Indiana in Indiana earlier in the season, um, like I said, we can go back that time. That we, we know the injury factor by now, so I'm not going to get too much into that. But, I mean, it's a completely different team now for the Spurs as well as is Indiana. Indiana played a little bit better than they have uh, to start the season. So um, there's that. But I see the Spurs winning because they'll have the home crowd behind them. Davis Bertans usually shoots better at home. Uh, LaMarcus is LaMarcus. So um, if those two guys, uh, maybe Patty Mills and Danny Green, can step it up at home as well, I think the Spurs walk out of there with a win. Okay, I agree with you too. I have uh, the Spurs in this one. Um, you know, obviously Victor Oladipo's had a, had a magnificent season. He's, he's going to be a, he's going to be an All Star as well. Uh, he should have. I think I think he numbers wise, he, he may he maybe should have been ahead of DeRozan or Irving just based on on some of the numbers that he's putting up. Uh, and efficiency, should I say. Uh, but, you know, regardless, he will be in reserve next week when the coaches put him in. Uh, I still don't have the Spurs. I think that their role players are going to play better. You know, as long as Danny Green's there, he's going to be giving um, Oladipo um, s s some some matchup issues as far as defending him, um, trying his best to keep him in front of him. So I I'd have the Spurs there in that one as well. Uh, let's go to next Tuesday, Stephen. The Spurs host the Cleveland Cavaliers for the first time this season. The Cavs are 26-17 and 17 this season, third in the East. Offensively, they're top five. They're fifth, 112.3 uh, points per winter possessions. But defensively, they're 111.4 points per winter possessions, which is 27th, a really bad defense in Cleveland. 
The Cavs are kind of spiraling right now. They're two and eight in their last ten games. Who do you have uh, in San Antonio next Tuesday? Um, considering Cle- I, I know Cleveland's had their struggles, um, they barely won against uh, the Orlando Magic on tonight on Thursday. Um, but even with that, I say the Spurs. That's uh, a tough one. Cleveland has it more together as a team, body-wise, than the Spurs do. So I'm going to have to say Cleveland, unfortunately. Okay. I am also taking Cleveland. Um, and, and here's why. Just because, you know, it, despite the Cavs' issues on defense and some of their, you know, chemistry issues that they're having right now, especially leaking some of that stuff to the media, uh, you know, ha- who's in a guard LeBron James with Kawhi Leonard's not there? You know, obviously you can throw Danny Green at him, but even when, when Danny's not there, you still got to have somebody on Isaiah Thomas. You have someone on Kevin Love. You know, some of these guys, J.R. Smith can get can get, get loose for some threes. So I just feel like right now, Cleve, Kyle Korver, they just have too many weapons on the offensive end that I just don't think San Antonio can keep pace with them, regardless if the Cavs play bad defense in that game. Uh, I think that I'm going to give that that win to the to the Cavs. Okay, and then next Wednesday, Stephen, on the second night of a back-to-back, the Spurs go to Memphis. The Grizzlies are uh, 15 and 28 on the year, 12th in the Eastern Conference, in the Western Conference. You know, basically in the lottery. Uh, offensively, they're scoring 105.5 points per 100 possessions, which is 25th. Not a very good offense. Defensively, uh, 108.6 points per 100 possessions, which is 20th, which is a bad defense too. The Grizzlies are five and five in their last ten. Who do you have next Wednesday in Memphis? The Spurs should be able to win that game. I mean, I know the Spurs have had road struggles. We've talked about that already, but Memphis is not like it's not like it's a Cleveland or a Golden State or any of those teams, but also, Memphis can turn it on at times. So they, they are capable of doing that. But I do think the Spurs will have enough together. Uh, Paul Gasol and uh, Mark, I mean, excuse me, Paul Gasol, uh, LaMarcus Allridge uh, should be enough to stop the combo of Marcus Gasol and uh, Jermichael Green in the paint. Uh, the wings for uh, Memphis are not as solid. Uh, the Spurs do have an advantage there. So I think this person can come out on top in that one, hopefully. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and I'm taking San Antonio too in that one. I just don't, you know, when, when, when team like I've always mentioned this podcast, whenever um except for the Lakers game <laughs> and the Hawks, game, <laughs> whenever teams have bad defenses, the San Antonio's pretty much okay because you know that's kind of what they need is that bad defense to kind of have a decent offensive game. Uh, so I'm gonna pick the Spurs in that one. So you and I are both projecting that they go two and two by the time uh, next week by, by at least next Thursday. Um, thank you again, Stephen, for joining me on Spurscast episode 479 again. Please follow Stephen on Twitter at Steve M Anderson underscore uh, Stephen. You, you don't just write for Project Spurs; you write for a bunch of different websites. Can you please promote some of those websites and kind of some of the content happening over there? Sure. Um, yeah, please follow me. I'm only like twenty followers away from twenty twenty three hundred followers. So, anyways, uh, I write for uh, obviously all the Project Spurs networks: uh, Rampage Central, Red Black ninety. Um, Next 25, covering women's college basketball. And I do write uh, for an overseas website covering reality TV. So that's also fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so there you go. So so make sure uh, you follow tw- Stephen on Twitter. And he, like I can imagine, he writes all over the place. I don't know how the guy does it, but he does it. Um, thanks again, Stephen. Have a great day, man. No problem. Thanks, Paul. What's 
special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.